This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash uberone for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event of the evening. 60 minutes of football fun and banter with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Watch us on YouTube. 
Listen on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. This is your host, Chris. No, God, please, no, no! I know, I'm sorry, but he's cheap and available. How rude. Right, Chris. Alright, good evening, ladies and gentlefolk. How the devil are we all? Hope you've had a good day. I, I've got to be honest with you, I have had a very, very stressful day. Um, I I was buying a new iPad uh, pod, iPod earlier in, in the Apple shop, and I saw this guy running, and he picked up three or four display items and ran out. And I was about to leave the shop, and the assistant came up to me and goes, I'm going to have to keep hold of you, mate. You're an eyewitness. <laughs> Can I just say I peak early? <laughs> I really do. In the weekend, it is the second East Midlands derby. Things can only get better, as Dereen once said. Uh, the second East Midlands derby is this weekend. Uh, it's kind of one all at the moment, because, of course, they did to us in the FA Cup last year. We did to them in the league game. Um, how are we feeling about this one? Ah, that is the question. Also, the weekend that Nicholas Gonzalez uh, could possibly be putting pen to paper. And if you do Google him, by the way, it is the Argentinian one and not the um, not the Spanish one of the same name. Uh, not in the t- starting lineup uh, against whoever they were playing the other day. Uh, Fiontina had put him on the bench. Uh, Pratt could be coming back into the uh, starting lineup straight away tomorrow. Look, whatever you want to talk about, this is your show. You decide the the topics. We'll get we'll get it kicking off with the first topic, and then we'll bring you know whatever you want to talk about in the chat. Um, please keep us uh, going. Give us some uh, ideas, some topics, and we will discuss those for you. Look, let me get me two guests in here on Question Time tonight. First of all, let's bring Dave in, the man that is to Question Time. I guess that's the first question. What is it to question time? Good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. I have no idea the answer to your question. <laughs> I'm still, still trying to work it out. <laughs> Must be getting old when I come on your show at nine o'clock on a Friday night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, you know, if you've got a, you know a club to go to or a party to host, or you know, grab a granny night somewhere, then you know, let me know. we will we will finish early for you. We'll finish early, uh, but welcome along. And let's right. get. He wasn't here last week. He was off doing God knows what. Um, he he couldn't be bothered to come, but he's back. He's back. And, of course, it is Brad, and he is the man so apt for this show. He is the man who has all the questions. Unfortunately, he doesn't always have all the answers. Brad, good evening. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm good, mate. I, I, I must have been playing my own version of Mock the Week, if this is the answer, what is the, the question? I just got it wrong in my head, but I did it that day. Don't worry, he says, Chris, I'll do the questions for you. You know, it's the second round of the quillet. I know, I don't know what questions you've asked. I'll come up with some new questions. Don't you worry. Yeah. Next time, just check the answers as well, Brad. You <laughs> I can't believe I didn't write it down. I was, I, was, 
I was purely blessed, though, Dave. I was purely blessed on the fact. I was blessed on the fact that with my quiz, I had exact information I could use for the exact question. So all I had to do was change the year. I still had an answer for it. It's the only thing that saved me from complete embarrassment when it came to that question. <laughs> Realised I hadn't put the answer down. I have got some clipping to do later on tonight. He does. Spencer is in. Good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Welcome along. Uh, any questions you want to discuss, please stick them in the chat and we will attempt to get around to it. Obviously, as long as they're clean and legal. Has anybody watched the um, Rooney versus Vardy? I don't know if I asked you this last week at all. No. No. I don't watch Good advice like here. Don't. No. <laughs> it's absolutely shite. <laughs> it's, like, it's like watching the Harry and Meghan thing, isn't it? Well, yes, yes. You missed me. I had my Harry and Meghan wedding T-shirt on display yesterday. <laughs> yesterday yeah, for two yeah, shows. How was that for you? That was Christmas present, wasn't it? It was. It was. It's okay. I have got my own back. It was my future daughter-in-law that decided it would be funny mm. to buy me that. Um I have got my own back with her, uh, although she refuses to wear it at the moment. I don't know why, because the Prince Andrew mask looked really good on her. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem I had, and maybe I didn't think it through properly, because the only problem I had is I forgot she's a school teacher. So maybe that might not have been the best idea. But I did say to her, I did say to her, right, this is war now. This is war. But uh, anyway, let's get up and running. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm sure the jokes will get worse as we go through the night. Can't get um, any worse this... than that first one. <laughs> you loved it. Uh, question time. I can say the show where you do set the agenda, guys. So I said, please do stick some topics in the um, in, in in the chat. I want to start off with tonight's top topic. Should Rogers be sacked if we lose to Nottingham Forest? I mean, we've been there once before, guys. And we saw what a debacle it was in the FA Cup last year. Um, we kind of were a bit of a running, running streak up until the World Cup. But then, and in no disrespect to those teams, they were all bottom half teams. Since we've come back, he has not won a game. He'd lost three out of three league games and we managed to scape, scrape past a League Two side in, uh, in, in the FA Cup. I, For me, I'm prepared to let Newcastle go because Newcastle on a, a run at the moment, you know, and, uh, you know, they're a top three side. Uh, although I said the Carling Cup was, was, was no better in fairness. Um, Liverpool, yeah, OK, we know what happened at Liverpool. But how how much longer can we keep saying that oh, it was a bad day at the office? You know, Fulham, well, everybody's saying to me, Fulham, we played better in the second half. It's a 90-minute game. Um, Dave, let's come to you first. Should he go if we don't beat Forrest? <laughs> you asked me this last week about Gillingham. I know, and I'm going to um, keep asking you until he goes. <laughs> my, my answer was yes, but the, other, the real answer was no chance he won't go. I mean, I I don't agree with you about the uh, which game was it you said? I can't remember now. Liverpool. Liverpool um, with yeah. the two own goals, yeah. Yeah, but even so, we we you know we should have done better than that. Yeah, yeah. Fulham was appalling. Um, Newcastle was the other one you said about. They're on a run. 
we were dreadful. I didn't oh. think we looked as if we were interested in that game. I mean, I could be wrong, but to me, I noticed players strolling back when they lost the ball up front. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't notice anybody really getting in there. Um, you know, I forget the Vardy chance. I mean, that seems to be coming regular, unfortunately, now. But I didn't notice any passion there. And I reckon that comes from the top. So my answer is he should go. And I've said this for a long time now. Um, I hate to say it. I hate it. But I've had enough now, mate. I really have. (sighs) When we're not showing passion, we used to show more passion when we were playing Premier League teams in League One. And, you know, we got at them. That's how Leicester did it in the FA Cup. Now Mm. we're just not interested in... I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I've seen so many conflicting reports about so-and-so. Danny Ward had a nightmare. I thought Danny Ward did all right at Newcastle. Um, I always think he does all right up to a point, but I think the rest of them didn't show any bottle at all. Mm. Even, even Vardy. No, it, you don't get inspired looking at Brendan Rodgers on the touchline, do you? No, no, you don't. And... You know, not every manager has to be a. You don't have to be eccentric on the touchline. Like it works for. I think. I think you have to have a certain personality. And Brent, Brennan, to be fair, has made no traits that he doesn't want. He wants to be very monotone, so nobody can read into it. Um, for the press conferences, but he did used to show hints of passion, didn't he, in his his, his early days at the club. So. The, the biggest difference between Leicester now and Leicester when they went on a slump during the other two like few seasons he's been at the club is I don't know if maybe the kind of underplaying the success that they made because it was it it, it feels like this is the effect of two years of just undermining what they've achieved oh, well, we're not good enough to compete with these. Every week we're always hearing either we're not good enough to compete or, or you know, we have to put in a lot of effort just to compete with them to get a result. It's That's the same sort of thing you get the feel with them. He's either surprised the fact that they've managed to get a result against like a Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham every season, or he's going, well, that's because we're not good enough to compete. The whole squad's not good enough. And you look at what they've achieved, and he's downplayed it and underplayed it so much. I think it's got to the point where it's just irreparable because then players used to pick themselves up. You saw Rivardi and the Madison cheering it. Do you know what? I see us concede a goal, and I know you've said it, Chris, and it's very true that when we score, when we concede, that's it. Because I don't see a single shoulder risen. I see every shoulder slumps. I see every player, like you said, stood still, strolling back. Almost like they've got 10 tonne weights on their feet. They stroll the ball back to go, oh, here we go again. And when that happens, we see the disasters. Something has to change. And I don't even think it would matter if we get these two signings through the door. I I don't think it... I think if it was needed, we lost this game to Forest and heavily. I'm not saying a a 1-0 defeat wouldn't do it, but if it was a heavy defeat... I don't think Brendan's got a leg to stand on to kind of say, give me more time. No, and I think, uh, Dave, you know, this was the game that really started the rot, if you like, 
last, you know, with the FA Cup last season. It was around this time as well. You know, I mean, it means a hell of a lot. Now, if these players don't know that, then it's down to Brendan to, to drill it into them what, what it means. But there are enough players that have been around Leicester long enough to be able to G everybody up. Um, yeah. Do you remember um, Bournemouth losing at Liverpool? Was it nine? Yeah. Yeah. Scotty Parker was it? Came out and said, "Yeah, we ain't got the money to compete. We can't do it." He got sacked the next day. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers has been putting this on the board for months. Mm. Ever since Andrew, the summer. Andrew says there though, Dave. If it wasn't for the um, well, sorry, no, um, he added here. Sorry, this was on. Top is is too soft. Each eye would have swung the axe. But apparently it was Top that wanted to get rid of Nigel Pearson that time. And it was Vichai that said, no, we, we stick with him. Hmm. And yeah, it's, we, easy, it's, it's easy to do that when it's not your decision, isn't it? It's I like, guess. It's yeah. like Labour Party now. They can make all the decisions in the world, but they don't have to implement them. And the yes. Tories will be the same in the next round. Yes. It's yeah. dead easy when you're not in charge. Yeah. But, it, but Brad, I mean... We're on about all this compensation money that we would owe him. It would cost a hell of a lot more if we get relegated. And it is a stability. Yeah, yeah, and look, I'm not saying anybody's saying anything disrespectful about top top at all, but I don't get where this top's gone soft sort of thing. I think people need to just remind themselves, and I'm not saying this is a cue, so I think you've got to remember where Top's just come from in the last four years at this club. He's lost a father who he was learning from, and, and, and people need to not get it twisted when I say he's still young. I don't mean that he's a young man. I know he's in, what, he's in his 30s, mid-30s. He's probably slightly older than myself. He's if young, not mind. Yeah, too young to run a football club, isn't he? Really? Exactly. That's, that's yeah. exactly the point. That yeah. he's, he's still in the infancy of running a business, and he's not just running a business. When it was Sunshine and Roses, Rogers got away with saying that we were overachieving, that we were hitting above our yeah. weight. Because it, it's all great when sunshine and fucking roses, mate. But when his business is failing and his dad built up from the bottom, we're not failing, but they're, they're losing money and they're trying to make a rebound in, in, in financial status. That was a wrong to take, take me to a pinch of salt with my word in. But you know what I mean? And when the football club starts not doing well and he's got to stand by his man and he's got to go, no, the plan my father was designing was to make this city great and I'm going to do that with the infrastructure first and then I'm going to do the club. If I can balance... Yeah. I'm pretty sure if push came to shove and he thought, you know what, I've backed you, I've supported you, I've had the patience with you, but we're, we're 16 with, whether it's eight games to go, 16 games to go, whatever, he goes, I've had enough of you. He'll pay the compensation because of what you just said to us. They cannot afford, as I take it on a business perspective, they cannot afford to lose 100 odd million. Nobody in the right mind could. And we've got to realise he's not soft. This has been chucked at him in four years, and I would I would love anybody to try and be in his position and, and, and do it the way he's doing it. I think we've got to nip that in the bud before it gets a little bit sour, and it's something that should never happen with our owners at this current moment, because they're looking after this club as best they can. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tricky one for people to understand. You know, you don't only lose your father, but you lose the head of a massive business. From a massive country. I mean, he was he was next to the king in Thailand. You know, it's not just a person who ran a company, um, and all that's gone, and suddenly he's, he's now got to run a football club. 
and he's got he's got to uphold he's got to uphold what his father did as well, hasn't he? And yeah. his family's yeah. I mean, it's it's just no. impossible. But I mean, but you're right, Brad. He will get rid of him. He's been very loyal, um, rightly so. Maybe who knows? But the time will come when he says, "I've had enough of this now." I think as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think. He's been loyal because he felt he necessarily let Brendan Rodgers down, but wasn't able to support him in the way that... And I know it gets ridiculous that, oh, God, we've got a problem, let's buy a player, or we've got a problem, let's buy a player. But everybody else is buying, and we have to buy to keep up, and he wasn't able to do that. Now, let's be honest with you, we don't give two flying fucks now whether we break FFP in Europe because we're not in Europe. But at the time he was doing what he felt he felt was right. But Chris, um, we've never we've never bought players without selling an Harry Maguire or Wesley Fafana. We've never done that, have we? We've always sold a player. Now Fafana went fine. But you know, we can't just buy players, you know, without knowing what the hell they are. And we haven't got a recruitment campaign anymore. We haven't had that for two or three years now. Um, yeah, I agree with that. James just said, team that tries. Because yeah. I think against Newcastle, we were <laughs> we didn't try. I mean, Brad, Spencer says there, where's all this money come from? Let's see what we actually <laughs> end up paying. Um, it's all paper talk at the moment. And we're going to yeah. talk about Gonzalez, I'm sure, sure later. Yeah. Um, but we're 13th at the moment. We are literally two points off the bottom three. We're where we are because of every time we've lost, all the teams underneath us have lost. We weren't a lot better off. In fact, we were we were we were better we were worse off under Rogers when we were bottom of the league than we were when Ranieri got sacked. Yeah, but it's it's always this is the one thing that's very tricky to do and it's to try and compare what happened before to the present day and I, I, I like the similarities to, to help the comparison, it does make for it, but you've got to also remember you could say, yeah, yeah we, 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 we're probably worse off than we were in terms of formula, but you could then argue that Brendan, you know, while, while whilst that was the case, Ranieri had no injuries to worry about No, yeah. Ranieri didn't have players that had six months left on the contract or coming up to 12 months left on the contract. He doesn't have a, a squad in their mental state. You know, they just won the flipping premiership. They should have been flying high and ready to go. Something dramatically affected that. Now, I'm not saying that something hasn't gone on here to change it, and it could still be Rogers. I'm not saying it's not. But what I'm saying is it's two completely different circumstances. And, and, you know, whilst I don't excuse the form, because I still think the squad depth is decent enough to do better, the arguments just it's two different scenarios yeah it is and i do take your point and thank you so much for that marcus welcome to the chat i hope you are well do appreciate that mate really dearly do um yes he's got the injuries dave but how much of the injuries is down to him you know i mean He's the manager, and he has. He's the one that sets the training. For Farner, love him or hate him, Brad, and you know, you know my feelings on him. But he, you know, as soon as he came to Leicester, he commented on how intense the training was. 
you know, and I think I think was it yourself, Brad, or, or Dave? Maybe I said that Rob Tanner says at the new um, training ground they have groundsmen that have some pitches that are hard because Vardy likes to run on a hard pitch. Some pitches that are soft so that jo Johnny Evans doesn't, you know, aggravate his injury again. I mean, bloody hell, it's, it's like that to put a load of resources out. I mean, we've got a player that uh, somebody that runs onto the pitch before kickoff and feels the get feels the pitch and goes like, "This is the this is the team you've got to pick." I mean, what what is happening? God, I wish I knew that. Um, yeah, <laughs> six million dollar questions, they say. I think, Bryn, from what I've heard and listened to over the years, Brendan Rodgers likes his players to train like they play. A lot of managers do that. Wenger, I think, did that. And he suffered as well. Some managers, like Brian Clough, I know it's the old days, but used to give them day or two off in the week or maybe more um, I think if you overtrain players you're going to pay the price because they're not machines they're humans mm. and if you start going in on heavy tackles you, someone's going to get hurt now coming on and warming up on the pitch it's not that intense is it I mean you've seen it before the game they're just they're not doing anything really it's just a, like a warm up for a training session but there's something not right about it. I mean, we said when David Rennie left, that's when the problem started. I don't know whether it's true, but, you know, it, it's... I would argue the problems were there beforehand, and that's why he yeah. was apparently... Yeah, OK, I, fair enough. Um, but something's wrong somewhere, because to have that many injuries all of a sudden, you know, is, is rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but it's a great reason for Brendan Rodgers to blame everybody else again and not himself. I mean, let's just have a look at this, uh, Brad. Uh, I know you're not a, a lover of stats, but you know, our our current form, you know, we're actually below Nottingham Forest mm. you know, in the four since they came back from the World Cup. They they've had the four, they've had the Royal Flush, lost, drawn, and won, and we've sort of lost, lost, and lost. I mean, I would never want to sort of play. Uh, double poker with Brendan, but um, I just I can remember when Brendan came in that we were fed up with the way Prowl was playing, and Brendan came in and suddenly got Vardy back involved, and we were fast and attacking. Um, and yet, we now you know it's like Prowl Mark II. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I've said this a number of a number of times on the post match is more during this season probably than any. It's just unfortunately it's how managers go about things. You know, um, the happy. You know, it's easy to fix that when we're so bad like we were under well, it's easy to fix it. You just change the tempo up. You give the players a bit more freedom. You maybe change some things in your training regime. You maybe change things in. Maybe some silly rules that the managers implied they get rid of, change the atmosphere, and all of a sudden you've got a bunch of lads that want to work for you as well as each other out there on the pitch. But eventually, your own methods and ways always creep in and sneak in. It's just, um, well, we just look at a team that's trying to play a way that isn't our style, which is pass it into the net, and you can just see that it just does not suit. Against Newcastle, though, we weren't didn't want to be there. We thought, well, we've got to play the game. No, we, we'll take the no, journey we, up. 
Yeah, because because and I made this comparison. I tongue and cheek put it out as a tweet for those that watch any English cricket. They've got like this crazy quote, basketball, which is where the England players just go out and slog it, slog it, and make for fun cricket. Try and make it more interesting. I know it's a boring sport. Twenty-five minutes, Brad. Twenty-five minutes. Did you get a cricket reference in? I know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm getting it in quicker each week. It's great. No, but the thing is, they 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 have this basic, simple, and so simple philosophy, but it's clearly working with the, with their turnaround in form. For anyone that knows it, depth. I think they've lost one out of nine tests or something ridiculous and, and, and anything. Anyway, it's they just have the, the, they take away that fear of failure. They tell their number 11 batting, if we need 80 runs, go out there and try and swing it if you think you can. And we've lost that fear factor that we had where we would play a ball and Barnes wouldn't even think about shooting, though I can score from it and he'd curl it in the top corner. Tillman's managed short dead to the point. Every single player had it and he's just taking it out of them by changing that style to being so cautious and again I think in two years of constantly bashing the achievements of these players and and, and, and underhanding it it has led to where we are right now under him and all Brighton's created more chances for Vardy than anybody has all season and he's only played three games he made such a difference when he came on against Fulham and it, it is weird how we see games because I thought Brunt was had a fantastic game, but I wasn't at the match and Craig was at the match, didn't think he had a good game. But you, a few months ago, and even into back into last season, when we were talking about Brendan, Ant, who comes on regularly from Ant's uh, fan channel and beyond the 90, was saying about Sean Dyche. Now, love him or hate him, I always went, like, oh God, not Sean Dyche. But I've listened to Sean Dyche, and what he said is, and it really is true, is I played to the style that my players could play to. I could not go out and buy what Man City and I can buy the flair players. So I could not play that way. So should Brendan not be looking at say, yeah, I've got all these injuries. So instead of getting the players that haven't normally been playing on, you know, don't play that way, and then adapting to their style. Surely that's what he should be doing. Well, you'd think. <laughs> but, we're, I mean, I I couldn't see where half the players were supposed to be playing in the last few games. Mm. I mean, I don't know what their role is. Iniacho, we were supposed to be playing two up front. He didn't. He played in midfield or def- defensive midfield. He hardly got up front. Uh, and I know he likes collecting the ball and he's good at that and laying it off, but he's, he's supposed to be a striker. They're supposed to have two strikers up there. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. So what's the point in playing him there? Is that what he's been told to do or is that the way he's naturally... I mean, he's not. He's a striker. He's naturally up front scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. So something's wrong with the way they're told to play. I think so. Uh, Brad, David says this. Take off your Leicester hat. Why do you think we pass so terribly to one another, even when that player is open? Some passes are so abominable. I find it hard to blame that on Brendan and not the player. Let me just say, and then I'll pass it over to you, Brad. For me, Brendan's the manager. The book stops with him. If his players are not doing what they should be doing, he should be sorting it out. I have said this. I have seen under 10-year-olds teams passing better than Leicester have been passing. We're passing it to players who are marked. That's if we can get the ball to them at all. 
So, yes, it is the manager's fault because he should be doing one of two things. He should be saying, God, we're shit at passing. We're going to do some simple passing um, ta- yeah, training this week. And B, if somebody's not passing the ball, yank them off and put somebody on who can pass the bloody ball. He is the manager. It sticks with him and not the player. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in agreement. Uh um, I know, I know, shock horror, but I no, I'm in agreement with you because, because, um, and I said it about Vardy. I think when I came on, I had my little tangent at the start of the press conference. Um, you know, when we did a post match, and I said, um, Vardy doesn't become a bad player overnight. You know, yes, he's lost his his golden Midas touch, if you will, and and, and that's fine. You know, we knew that was coming anyway. He's lost some natural pace and ability, that's no doubt. But there is there is confidence missing. Don't become a bad player overnight, and I guarantee you. The only reason I bring Sean Dyche in, though, Chris, is because I think he would be a stopgap manager. I don't. I'm not saying him. him. What I'm saying is that philosophy of. I play to my players' strengths. No, yeah, and I think that I think that's the direction they'd probably go in if it got to that stage. But to, to say you can't blame Brendan for it, who decides how they train? Mm. And I know on a level of effort, that's the players. But who decides what drills are going to run? Who decides what they want to work on? Who decides the match preparation? It's Brendan and his staff. So let's not put all the blame on Brendan. His staff take that blame for that because they come up with some ideas that but might again, not be. Again, he's in charge of the staff. Yeah, yes, yes. But what, what I'm saying is, is that again, well, that kind of then brings it full circle back to Brendan why he takes the majority of the blame. But you know, these he takes their advice and trusts them with the advice they give him, with the ideas they come up with to try and put into practice. I think the best way to look at it is the reason the passes look so lazy or look so off at times. It's because the players are confused. That, that lack of communication, I rarely hear shouts unless it's the opposition. You know, not just with the crowd noise, but because it's hard to hear. But I don't really hear our players shouting too much. Uh, and only when it gets to like 3 0 down in the games, which we've become accustomed to, sadly, this season. You know, don't, do we hear Brendan pipe up? But. You know, their passes are so miscommunicational that I don't think the players understand what they're going out there to do with the instructions. As you've mentioned it time and time again, Chris, are similar to how it went wrong for Ranieri. He kept confusing the players with, like, am I supposed to go now or are we still defensive? I can't remember. There's so many parts of this game. He's making it into a Shakespeare play, I feel. He's trying to command everything into a Shakespeare act, and it's not working. I think, you know... I, I've been a manager in sales, and I I take the, the the you know I take the blame if things go wrong on my team because I can't just go in there and say, well, actually, yeah, you know, this happened because it was his fault. Well, what have you done about it? Well, it was his fault. Well, you're paid extra to manage him. You know, if it's not going right, move him, put him onto something else, move something around, do something. Uh, so th- I'm afraid that's why he gets the big books that, 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 that does stop with him. But like I say, I've seen school kids pass balls in the street better than our so-called hundred grand a week professionals are doing. Mm. You say that, but I mean, some of the best moves we've had have been fast, short passes where we've actually created chances. Yeah, for how them. long ago was that? Because I've well, not seen them pass to yeah. each other. I don't know that's how long. The- 
that's the point. We don't do it anymore. And Brad's touched on it. We're scared. I mean, all they do in the pre-match is that passing and shooting. So there's the quick passing where you chase around looking like an idiot and that type of thing. They do the shooting bit. But in training, they must do the same thing. They must do this one-touch passing. They do. Yeah. So, and, and that's, when we do that, we have looked bloody good at times and we've scored some crackers. But we don't do it often enough because, you know why? It goes back to the old way. We're so slow coming out. We're so slow from the back. And when Johnny Evans was playing, it was straight. It was sideways. Soyuncu was too scared to go forward in case he blew it. Uh, I mean, I think is it Soyuncu is the only person I've seen Rogers have a pop out on the sideline when he did something. So what did he do? He turned around and played it back. Thomas is Thomas when he was being classes in England under twenty whatever international was um, really going forward well. Mm. Now he's he don't want to do it because he don't want to mess up and lose the ball. They attack and they score. Nobody covers him. I think the thing that we can say when we when we are doing that in in training, we haven't got eleven better guys than us that are trying to get no. the ball off them. Uh, quickly before we actually then we'll move on to something though. But last thing point with with Brendan um, and Spencer asked this earlier, so I'm going to bring it in now. I've got my my thoughts on this. Um, if Rogers does get the sack, who would you each of you have in place of him? So we'll start with Dave because I think Dave, Dave will be. I don't know. <laughs> seriously, I haven't got a clue. I really don't know anybody that's around that I'd want to be manager. Nobody excites me enough. Sean Dyche, I think, might be the one. I mean, I I, I hear what he's saying about he does what he's you know the best he can do. But he's not actually experienced having a good side, as he or good players. And, and as you know, if if a manager's not got the the pedigree, players might not play for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, big Sam. <laughs> no, because I tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, honestly, and people are going to slate me and call me a fool and say it's ridiculous to say it, but. Mauricio Pochettino. I will still go for him. Look, he had his burnout at Tottenham. Yeah, in front, and he's had a bit of a reset. He's been away from it. He's there. And if you look at maybe the way Leicester are trying to go future-wise, if we're going to be spending by the sounds of because it's from Fabrizio, look, we're at least spending by the sounds of the 20-odd million on somebody, potentially. Then clearly the money's opened up enough for them to go, well, yeah, you can have that. I mean, he's not going to be wanting the same way as he was on at PSG. He's not going to cost anything to get out of it, I believe. He's not back in management, to my knowledge. Someone might correct me, but why not? He's had his feet up. He's had his rest. He's had his mind free fresh. We know the challenges and what he's capable of doing. Mm. I would take him in. I would t- and I'll take him in if you say to Brendan, all right, you get the January sorted out and then I'll leave it with someone else's cable and you can go and take over elsewhere. Yeah. You know, you can leave then, can't it? I know I know what you I do know what you're saying about uh, about Poch. I don't think he will come. That's the problem I have with it. I think that's the biggest issue I had to the case. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but, yeah. but I would love to have him, don't get me wrong. I, I really, really would, but I think You've then also got to ask the question is, 
if he's that good, how come he hasn't been snapped up? You know, well, to be fair, are... Chris, to be fair, he did well at Southampton. Uh, yeah. no, nobody wins anything at Tottenham anyway. So, harsh to judge him on that one, isn't it? Yeah, um, no, that's, that's, that is a good, good point. Um, yeah, I, I always forget he was at Southampton, but he's got his home in London still. The rumours are that he's waiting to see um, what happens at Tottenham. Or Chelsea. Conte goes and he'll, he'll go in there. Uh, I'm going to agree with Andrew here, and, and we might see Brad fall off his chair when I say this, but we could do a hell of a lot worse than um, than Mr Potter. Yeah, I know. I know. Look. <laughs> do you know what's mad, though? Do you know what's mad, though? Actually, I thought about it in the show, and you just brought him up, so I'm going to just quit say it, right? You, isn't it scary how similar Leicester and Chelsea are at the moment? We couldn't beat Fulham. They can't beat Fulham. We've got a ton of injuries. They've got a ton of injuries. We both hate Fafana. Oh, that's just the fans. Um, <laughs> no, for me, and I, I, I have to agree with um, with Andrew here. He put it up. It did make me tickle because I was uh, I was thinking the same. Um, but uh, I just, for me, he was good at Brighton. But I think Chelsea's a step too far for him because, you know, there's some of the players there that he's got, you know, I, I just think, look at him and think, you know, who are you? Um, you know, we're Champions League players and winners here and you're sort of a manager that, you know, has, has won something in Norway or wherever it was. Um, plus, there's a lot of rumours that Bowie is buying the players and the players that are coming in are his choice and not Potter's. So... You know, I think, obviously... Yeah, know, do you, I'm sorry, but do you, really, do you really think that Graham Potter negotiated the loan deal for, what was it, 45-minute man before he got sent off, Jao mm, Felix? Yeah. There's no way Graham Potter... That's what I'm saying, they're not all his choices. So he's yeah, well. a little bit pissed off going like... I'm yeah, to well, wasn't, isn't that the problem that Chelsea have been having all the time? The, the board members, whether they've been some dodgy, allegedly... Russian owners or American ones. They've not let the managers in charge. No, I, I think, I think, um, good God, who was the guy that owned them before? Uh, Roman Abramovich. Abramovich, that's it. I'd got the, uh, and I couldn't get any further with his name. Um, I, I think he pretty much maybe recommended. I don't think he got that, that involved, not as much as Bowie has done. Um, I think, I think Graham Potter had to go for that job. I think he would have been stupid not to go for that job because you don't know when it's going to come along again. But I think Leicester have a club very much like Brighton. You know, we're not a Chelsea. We're not a big six. We're probably never going to be. Um, and I think he could do a good job for us. And I know I said, and I've <laughs> hated him last season, etc., and was fed up with all the smoke being blown up his arse. But I, for me, we either, you know, approach me and go, look, how long do you think you're going to be there? You know, come to Leicester, you'll have sort of full control, sort of thing. Or do we, you know, wait for him to be sacked and then sort of go in for him? Again, Sean Dyche, how many jobs has he been passed over for? And you've got to say, hang on, if he's not good enough for Norwich. Yeah. I tell you what. That's rubbish, though, isn't it, Chris? I mean, you know he's good enough for Norwich. 
Yes, but um, obviously he didn't get the job, did he? So they obviously didn't think he was good enough. Well, that sums up manager uh, owners, doesn't it? You know, mm. they, they yeah. have no idea what they're talking about. That's the good problem. evening, Luke. Thanks. Yeah, and thank you for coming on last night, Luke. It was a pleasure to wind you up. Um, obviously, Nottingham Forest have got a chance of getting into Wembley again. Uh, I don't think they'll actually win the uh, the Caribou Cup if they do get to Wembley, because of course John Moss has retired. Um, so <laughs> I cracked it yesterday, but I think it was worth another mention. It's uh, probably one really of your better ones, to be fair. Uh, now, here's one for you, Brad, because this, I mean, Luke says it here, really does. And I think there's no reason. I'm surprised you didn't pick him out. I would. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of things you could probably say that I'd rather do than sit and watch and have Frank Lampard in the dugout. In fact, all you've done, true, uh, uh, Luke, is, is, is tell me where Graham Potter's next job's going to be. He likes blue, doesn't he? Well, yeah, obviously, clearly it's his colour. But no, I, I would I would rather see, be forced to watch paint dry for 12 hours straight with no sleep. Than, You'd than have been jamming, wouldn't you? Let's be honest with you. You know, if he becomes our manager now, I'm going to have to sit here and go and just say I'm a Leicester fan and not mention his name. <laughs> they will become the manager but that sums, yeah. it up, though. That sums the owners up doesn't it in all most football clubs not ours but most Frank Lampard manager of a club that wants to be in the top five or six I mean he failed at Chelsea Derby was it, did it was it Derby got to it's the final of the playoffs um, yeah you know he's not a, he's not a serious manager yet no, he's yeah. not, and, he, and I'm not saying... Yeah. He's manager of Everton, for Christ's sake. How'd you get that? Yeah. It's like Gerard at Villa, mate. That's the well, same about him. He came over here, yeah. couldn't win. It's just... And that's why I think, honestly, you say that Potter was good at Brighton. I'm not saying he wasn't. He was. But what looks more glamorous to build his CV up when he inevitably gets looked upon as a failure as Chelsea? Because that's what will happen to him if he gets sacked by Chelsea and he's not backed. And that is, oh, I could take the Everton job when Lampard gets kicked out um, and, and and save them from relegation and maybe build them up like I did with Brighton. Or I could probably stay in the ship at Leicester but not really do anything too fancy with them. He's going to take the Everton job all day long because that's the sort of manager he is, Graham Potter. We're currently seeing that. Do you not think that the Everton job is more of a hot potato than Leicester? Possibly, but he'll see that if he can get it right like he did with Brighton, that they'll that he he'll be given the time to sort out the mess of Frank Lampard. He'll go, Oh well, you know, I've got to get the players' confidence back and then do whatever and players want to leave because they're like the state of the club, so I'll I'll rebuild it. Yeah. It's just one of them. Uh, I love I love this from Andrew. I put it up before, I'm gonna put it up again. I'd rather have Frank Spencer <laughs> than Frank Lampard. Of course, Frank Spencer, I mean, don't forget, did a very, very good impression of uh, a, an American pop star because he used to take his hat off and uh, throw it across the floor. Of course, that was Chuck Berry. <laughs> Is that a joke? 
No, it wasn't. I'm sorry, it wasn't. Look, the last one on. Um, I keep trying to get off him and off Brendan, but people keep asking questions. So, of course, we will keep talking about him. Uh, Terry's put something here. Um, just the last point here. Linux, uh, Steve Linux said we had no passion. Uh, question Is it down to no position competition, no motivation from Rogers, players wanting a way, or a mix of all three? Dave, I assume he's talking about Newcastle. Um, I'm no, it's about Leicester in general. In you general. Know. What? Why? Why are the players performing like they are? Oh, it's got to be the manager. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he, he stands there. I mean, Brad loves him clapping, um, but you, you know, you've got to show that you are really pissed off with them. Players are stupid. We've seen that many times over the years. Players, I mean, look at this bloody Mendy thing. Uh, what a joke that is. Um, but, I mean, players can't do anything for themselves. They cannot understand what playing football is about. It needs people like us that have played amateur football for fun with the passion. These guys, it's just, well, uh, let me wipe your ass for you and all that sort of thing. Um, so how do you expect them to go out and really show, unless you were some of the old type player that gets stuck in and sorts it out, that they care? They don't, you know, and that's the problem. Unless the manager threatens them, and how's he going to do that now? They're on £700,000 a week or something ridiculous. More than the manager, probably. How can he threaten them? Um, what's he going to threaten them with? Docking their wages? No. Um, dropping them? Why should they give a shit? They go away on a Saturday night and uh, spend all their money. Mm. So there's nothing, no incentive. Unless you're a Vardy uh, in his heyday, then it ain't going to work. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how you do it anymore. No. But certainly Rogers can't do it. Brad, quickly for you and then we'll move on. I think naturally the manager takes a partial, a big blame in it because his tactics aren't working. His style of play that he wants to see isn't working. I think there's a mistrust in the dressing room. Something's clearly gone on. And the problem is we've got the competition there for places. It's just the players that provide the competition. I've either fallen out of favour or just don't want to be here. Some of them you could argue, okay, yeah, they've managed to hide it well and say they've been injured quite a bit, i.e. Dennis Pratt. But where's the, where's the competition for Marty? We keep asking because he sat on the bench, but apparently going to Hospital Madrid or somewhere else, and that's all the he, He's more than good enough to compete for a spot. Yeah. You know, you look at our three midfielders in Samore, Mendy, and Didi. We've seen that they're more than capable and good enough to put in performance that doesn't worry us. But something's clearly is up for a start because again, yeah, Brendan was praising him after yeah. the last game, which probably means we'll never see him again. Yeah, we probably won't. And 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 you have to look at some of these players like Mendy, like Pratt, like maybe even Perez, despite my opinions of him, but Perez is included us, where he's been sold the false dream. 
And just when he's thought, you know, maybe he's thought, well, no, I'm still going to move clubs. Suddenly they find themselves in a run of games. And it's like, oh, well, maybe you are going to stick to it. Well, they signed a two-year extension. And maybe that's now why we've got players like, not so much Yuri, but maybe Madison going, I don't know, though. Because you make these promises and I've seen you break these promises. You know, I always say there's no smoke without fire and... I said that a lot about the soil insurance. And so that's probably the only one where I think the players probably got himself to blame a bit more than the others. But if you look yeah. at some others and think, why aren't we playing? Why aren't we doing this? And there, is, there is no competition there because, like you say, it's... Yeah. Somebody, somebody said, and I, I wish I remembered who it was, but, you know, Brendan doesn't have a small squad. He's got the same size squad as the other 19 teams. But what he's got is a small circle of players that he seems to trust. Um, yeah. So, um, apparently, well, a couple of players that we're interested in, like I say, the aforementioned Nicholas Gonzalez. How long was it ago, um, uh, Dave, that we, we sold Mares? About four years ago, and we've never filled that, that boot. But Nicholas Gonzalez, um, Copa America winner, uh, only just failed to get into the Argentinian side. So would have been a World Cup winner as well had he had he done so. He was he got injured in yeah just I think the day before uh, it all kicked off. And and he's a left-footed, right-sided midfielder. Have we found? Have we found Mares Mark too? I wonder. I have no idea, Chris. I've never seen him play. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right, thank you. Moving on, Brad. <laughs> I mean, we, we, as Andrew says, there, he, he's a speedy player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's 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 not been getting the starts. I mean, he's fallen out at Fiorentina, he was only on the bench yesterday when they played. Um, and it was uh, Sampdoria that they played, I can remember earlier. Uh, but he's fallen out because. The coach was saying it was more interested in playing for Argentina in the World Cup than he was for Fiorentina. Isn't that a slight um, worry then? Don't you think? Well, is that a worry? I don't know. That's only one side of the argument, I guess, isn't it? You know, but he's he's played twenty-one times for Argentina, scored three goals. Uh, he's played for the Argentinian under twenty-three. This season, seven appearances and two goals. He's got a couple of assists in there as well. Um, and yeah, if he is injury prone, Terry, Terry says he's injury prone, he'll fit in very well at Leicester. But is it not time, Dave, that we look at this position and go, right, okay, we will look back at Luckman, I think, and go, that's the one that got away. But how settled do these players feel when we bring them in on loan? You, you know, know what, man? I, I don't, I mean, Luckman did some good stuff, but he did a lot of bad stuff. He was full of. He fell out with Fulham. He's not been a great success, has he? So I, I don't. I go with all this. Oh, we should have bought Luckman thing, and we can't replace Morris. There's no doubt about that. But when Morris came to us, he was a mess, and and he turned into a quality player. But I don't know. I just get frustrated by all these so-called quality players from abroad we sign, and we won't even play. A player who plays that side and can pass a ball or put a ball in the middle better than anybody and can lay a ball down to Vardy better than anybody. And that's all Brighton. But we won't play him. So why is he going to play somebody that comes in who does a similar job? Is he right-footed, though, I think, 
Mark yeah, he got. is. But, but yeah. he puts the ball where we need it to be put. No, he does. And, and I think um, I think uh, the same with, with Brunt. I mean, OK, some of them were wild, but at least he was putting the ball into the box. It's yeah, more bottle, than the professional yeah, bottle. doing. Yeah, because you know. they're young. They, they don't have this fear of failure. No. No. The kids, I mean, you'll never win anything with kids, apparently, but... Um, you know, <laughs> I've heard that they, before. Somewhere. Yeah, these yeah. guys, yeah, very naive, but they're not going to give them a go for crying out loud. Yeah. You know? Terry, yes, yes, we have done Terry, and actually he's going to be the next one that we, we talk about. But, Brad, do you think if a player comes in on loan and then doesn't get the game time, like under... And I think Luckman, if we'd had the money, we would have signed Luckman. We, we, we know that. But the likes of Under, who the couple of times we, we did see him play, he seemed to do quite well. We, we, we'll admit that. But if I'm going in on loan to somewhere, I'm thinking, like, how much do they really want me? It all depends on the player's mentality that you bring in on loan. Because if they come in going, well, if they want me, that's nice. Hopefully they'll buy me and I'll prove that I'm worthy but if not I'm going to go back to a club and hopefully I can do enough to get into their first team because that's that's at the end of the day where I am and that's that's ultimately what I'd like to do is make my way into their first team is why I signed for the club I'm at but if they wanted to get rid of me I've got to impress if they've got the attitude of well at least I'm away from the dressing room I don't really give a rat's ass. you're going to get a um, a Gordon Bennett sort of loan you know I'm on about when I say that which yes. just seems yeah. to play and seem to really give a rat's right, so awful. He, he, that's the trick of it. It all comes down to the mentality of the player. What's he wanting from it? Is he looking at it like, well, sod you, I'm just going to go out alone? Because we've had some awful loans before and we've had some really good cool ones. Purchases before, <laughs> dear Batty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But at least he was a cheap, bad purchase. We yeah. had a few that were bad and cost us money. Slomani. Yeah, but then again, was he used to the best of his ability? You know, we weren't getting the well. That, that, that's, that's the difference. You could definitely that's argue Slomani yeah. had you paid for his strengths, he would have been worth Slomani might be all right at one stage. Especially when I think playing, if we if think if we'd got a Mares or an Albrighton, well, Mares was with him, wasn't he, at the time? And I thought that might work, but I think it would have done. But they just yeah. would ne never played together because he wasn't. Again, he wasn't a lone striker. It was very much like Ian Acho get the balls in, and when he got when there was a good cross put into the box, he got his head onto the end of it. You know, he just wasn't particularly good with his feet, but he never how got the to... No, how how long was Luckman with us? Not a whole season. Yeah, season, just a season. Well, yeah, he played about twenty six games. Yeah, because it, because it just completely defaulted against Brendan's tradition of, with the greatest respect to him because he's an absolute legend, but played to Vardy's strengths. Yeah, mm. and sometimes that mattered, and he needed Luke and Sometimes Brendan didn't warrant having it on. Here's a killer idea. You know, all this talk, Chris, and you put it out there, and I'm not. Bespiriting this guy's talent, that we're looking at because I'll be, I'm like, you know, I'm like, Dave, I just don't know him that all that well and what he's capable of. But we were thought instead of trying to find a player and then just bash him to the hills because he's not the next, next Mares, how about we do this magical thing called change formation? Mm -hmm. We don't need to replace Mares because you're not playing that. Who knew you could do such a thing? I know it's ludicrous to think you could do such a thing, but maybe if we, if we want to keep. 
that thing, maybe use a formation that allows you to play to the style of football that you're wanting. It might actually help. He's going to play his jingle now, isn't he? I mean, all I can say, Brad, all I can Who say... Behave. I know, I know. I know, scandalous, scandalous thoughts for me to be I mean, the other thing, of course, is just by, you know, because he brought Samari in and said, well, he's not playing like I want him to play. I want a box-to-box midfielder. Well, why not go and buy a fucking box-to-box midfielder than buy somebody who isn't and try to change them into it? Samari is a box-to-box midfielder, but he can't... Yeah, he's actually been doing it quite well, I feel, this season as well. But he can't defend very well. This season he is, yes, but... That was his, what he was saying last season. Yeah. And yeah. come, come on, we all remember Samara's little bum wiggle dance when we scored at Everton. That, that's just, he's got a legacy here at the club anyway. We all yeah, remember the little Samara shuffle that he gave. And who, 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 somebody just reminded us in the chat, who remembers uh, uh, Gazelle? No, I tried to get, and, and that's the thing. Stay away like from the like you, wasn't you, really? You know. Yeah. Right, yourself. And you put Florentina from us, didn't he? Maybe we yeah. should leave that kid alone for deals. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, told you, bro. I love Albrighton. Problem with Albrighton is, like I say, great player, but he can't be playing ninety minutes twice a week like Vardy well, we, can. Yeah. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. Would no. We? And let's and let's face it. The most fearful. The most fearful we've looked down that side of the field since Mara's left is when we've had Ricardo. Uh, Pereira and Castagne both fit, and that's been a, a bloody hard not to say. That's been probably more than fifteen games in the last four years yeah. that they, it feels like that they've both been fit and available because because we have that pace. Like I said, oh, you're right, Chris. Albright could put a ball on the on the toe end of Bar- on Vardy when it's needed to, but only if he's crossing it from ten yards inside our own half because he can stop and put the ball in. He's like James Milner. In that yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, we need somebody yeah. who can do, and that's what leaves Castagna out of position, which is why oh, we don't yeah. see him getting forward in a lot of games because he dare not go too far from because he realizes he hasn't got Ricardo covering it. And I reckon I mean, Rod is not used to it, he's, he's not waiting for that ball there, is he? He's not, he's not had that ball for so long, no, no. And I oh. think you know, when he does play all bright, and it's almost well, it's it is, it's as a right back, isn't it? You know, where yeah. You've got Castagna there, stick all Brighton who can play it right back, and they so they can run past each other, but stick all Brighton on that right wing, like you say, because he he can still put those balls in. But you know, we then, this is Brendan. Let's not get back onto Brendan again. Apparently, <laughs> Leicester City have reportedly joined the race. Um, oh, there's a serious vehicle crash on the M1. And it has closed the M1. So if you are traveling, oh, which I doubt you are, hopefully not if you're watching this, but if you are traveling, be careful on the M1. But Leicester City reportedly joined the race to sign Red Bull Salzburg defender, Cami. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Pia Twosky. Um, how do they do this to me? I'm sure they're going like, oh, we could we could find that player, but he's called Smith, and Chris will be able to say his name. We've got to go and find somebody else. Harry um, Smith. Yes. He's a Polish uh. international and he made the four million pound switch from the Austrian side uh from Salts Red Bull Salzburg side last year after impressing in his homeland. However, and here, well, this is why Brendan's buying him. A muscular injury has kept him sidelined for some time this season. Um, 
Podolski returned to action in October and despite making just four appearances, this campaign has attracted interest from clubs including Feyenoord and now Leicester. Um, did we get Daka from Red Bull? Yes, yes yeah. we did. That's where we signed him from. Yeah. Mm. Now he is a defender, he is a centre-back. Um, I, I mean, I'd still, still be happy to have Maguire back, but I do believe he's going to be uh, off to Newcastle. But let's just have a look at this guy. So this is Cammy Piotrowski. Uh, for God's sake, um, he is. Uh, let's have a look. How old is he? He's twenty-two. He's Polish, obviously. Uh, the centre back. He, he's right-footed. Um, he has won the Austrian Championship. Uh, he has won the Austrian Cup. And he has won the Polish Cup. So he, he has won a few things. Um, let's have a look. He's only played three times this season. Um, Poland, he's made three appearances for the Polish national team. Uh, but he has uh, played at all levels from under 15, 19, 20 and 21 on the way to the national team. So... Um, he can also play on the right side as well. So he can play right back as well. So again, Brendan's um, favourite thing of having a couple of players that can, or a player that can play in a couple of positions, I should say. Again, it's a position we need to fill, Dave. Uh, and I know you're going to say, well, I don't know anything about him, but on what, you know. I've been studying quite a lot, actually, Chris. No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we've got a Marty. We've got a Marty there. Well, your favourite player. But oh. don't, you, don't you try and kid a kid, a young man. I mean, again, this is what you get. This is what you get. We can't score goals when we're talking about defenders. Absolute crap. I mean, we need somebody to put the ball in the net. The defenders can look after themselves, I think. We don't need full-backs. We don't need centre-halves. We need somebody that's going to put the ball in it. We can't do that anymore. Vardy, we know, sadly, we knew it would happen one day. It's like you... It's, it's a bit like the Queen, actually. We knew that would happen, but, and we, we were devastated when it happened. You know, Vardy's gone. I really think that. After, after the last few performances, he's gone. Um, whether he could be adapted to another role in midfield, I don't know. I thought he could. Um, but we need somebody going to score. Dakar's lost it. Harvey Barnes, whatever. We haven't got anybody else. Iniesta, when he comes on in the 80th minute, plays in midfield. We haven't got anybody I mean, I, I just don't know why you don't go into politics, Dave, because you are so good at taking a question and answering a, a, a question that I've never even asked. But you do move me on to the next topic. But before we do that, we do need defenders, don't we, Brad? We need a left-back, because if Thomas gets injured, we're absolutely fucked, unless we're going to get uh, Vestergaard coming on with Ryan Bertrand in a wheelchair and wheel him up and down the wing. So we need a left-back. Centre back Johnny Evans, like you say, he's, he's you know, unless it's a soft pitch, he's, he isn't going to sort of come out the changing room. Uh, and we'll come on to we'll come on to the striking bit at the moment. But the, those positions are needed, are they not? 
yeah, they 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 are definitely needed. Their areas of strength for the way we play because because Soyuncu's clearly never going to play for us again. Mm. There's no trust in Vestergaard. Evans, like you said, is 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 more injured. He's catching up with sick days from like like Ryan Bertrand, who feels like he's been out since day side for us. Um, so we're in depth needed in that area. Like you said, if Luke Thomas gets over, our only option is our only right back at the moment. People can stand near there, and then you have to play. Like you said, you have to play someone right back out of position. Mm. Um, but it's just it's it's a position that I hope we strengthen them well. And I'm not going to question our scouting because I just because I don't know someone about this. Like it's not a well famous name. We've made many an unknown into it. We didn't know Mares, we didn't know Canty, we didn't yeah, exactly. know Barnes. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to sit here and say I know anything about it, but I'm not going to sit here and say just because I don't know anything about it doesn't mean he can't do the job. I'm happy to bring us in. And, and here's one, I don't know if you want to throw this out, Chris, as a question for, for Dave as well, but for yourself or maybe those listening in. I saw a report that apparently Trossard wants out from Brighton for whatever reason, considering where they are and what they're doing. Thinking ahead, if it's possible, you know, with the talks of Pratt being sold and we know where Yuri's going next year, he's Belgian, isn't he? Leo Leo Trossard is Belgian, I believe. So he fits the bill in terms of what he wants to bring in from what nationalities. Who, who would oppose to us maybe trying to get him in if that's the case that he's not happy with Brighton for whatever reason? Let, let's come, I'll write that down and we will come back to Trossard. But uh, before we do that, I want to just yeah. go back to Vardy because um, Dave brought the, the, the topic up. Yes, Vardy, Vardy's past it now. You know, we, we, we knew he was. Daka, see, for me, I think we were just a season too late getting a Dakar in. Now, whether it was Dakar or another striker, I think had we bought somebody in the season before when Vardy was on still on reasonable form and he had that year to settle in, a bit like Soyuncu behind, you know, Maguire, I think we might be seeing uh, another Dakar now. Uh, we know there's a talent again in there. We've seen it in, you know, the Moscow game and, and he's, he's got the pace. Not all players... And I'm going to have to mention him again, sorry, Brad, but Fafana, I mean, he was thrown in at the deep end and he swam. My good, did he, he was like throwing him in the channel and he was swam across the, back home to France. He was absolutely brilliant. But very few players do that from abroad. Um, and I just think Dakar need, could have, we could have, say, should have brought somebody in the season before and give them that season behind the scenes. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> yeah. No, I was just waiting for. Yeah, I think it is one of them. And again, we go back to that question we've been asking about playing favourites. Um, obviously, Vardy's a bit of a different case for all that he's done in his time there. But you're also not playing to his strengths, and you can see that with his indecision or his lack of. He almost gets deflated when he makes the decision to pass it, not because he's greedy. We know he's one of the most selfish players. We know, but Lad plays and trains for a smile. I think you can accidentally run over his cat and he'd just smile at you and say it's okay. He just seems to be that gracious now, doesn't he? But I think we're also stunting that development because we're not allowing him and backing him to trust himself to run out the defence sometimes, be a little bit greedy, take that shot. Because how many times this season can you look through Dakar's 
uh, chances or where he's picked up the ball in the area where he possibly could have taken the chance himself and look at it and go, well, yeah, he was pretty nothing what he was there. Mm. He, he's making these bad decisions because that's not his natural instinct. He's trying to almost fight his natural instinct, which would be to turn and have that shot. Because of the way they're going about their business and these instructors do it, I think that's why we're not also not getting the best out of that. And I agree with you that these players may have been maybe some people should have gone a bit earlier, but you know, to kind of play devil's advocate, that's also a wonderful thing, isn't it? It is. Dave, I mean, do you think um do you, do you agree that we should have got somebody in earlier? Or do you think, like, you know, it's the same with Ian Acho. We know there's a good striker in there. And all right, he was at Man City, and you you could play well up front for Man City with the support that they would give you. But any time, any time. But, do, I mean, Ian Acho never got a run in the team. So he was never kind of, you know, he never had that period where... Let's be honest with you, Daka hasn't either. Because every time he either comes on for the last 20 or he comes on for 70 and taken out, then doesn't play the next one because we've got yeah. to play Hardy, who scored one yeah. Premier League all season. There's two or three points there, isn't there? Nacho looked terrible when he joined us. I never ever thought he'd score a goal for us. Um, so that was his first problem. Secondly, yeah, when he's playing well in a system that suits him, it's dumped. For some reason, I don't know why, but you know, if you're playing four four fucking two, as you say, um, why change it if it's working? But then suddenly we change it, so that's the other thing. And Daka, yeah, how can you go on into a game knowing you might get seventy minutes? Yeah. <laughs> no matter what happens, I mean, we, at least with Brendan because he doesn't make a decision till about the. 75th minute, you get a bit more than normal, but you can't. I mean, it's, when it, they, they changed it around, it's like, oh, this has been set before the game. Don't matter how the game's going, at, on this time, we're going to substitute you. So unlucky, mate, you know. And it's like Dakar off, Vardy on, Vardy off, Dakar on. Yeah, it it's is so predictably thing. boring. If you can have a player like Vardy that you're going to bring on, have a player you're going to bring on that's going to get the goals, and he just isn't these days. And yeah. you know, he is, you know, he, you know, he's missed a few recently that he would have got. Shocker, um, wasn't it, Newcastle? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I mean, Harvey Barnes. I just don't know what to make with Harvey Barnes because he's our second top goal scorer this season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Madison's the first. Barnes yeah, well. is the second. Um, in fact, Barnes has got more goals than the so called three strikers put together, mm. which says that all really, doesn't it? How bad we are. Terry says, How to get a striker, drop Barnes, put Vardy over there, and put Kells in there. Vardy, I mean, you know, he's not fast enough to be a, a winger anymore. He's smart um, enough, though, Chris. He's smart sorry? enough. You know, he, he's got the brain, footballing brain, which Barnes hasn't. That's, that's, that's where he played for England, didn't he, under Roy Hodgson? Wow. Um, you know, I, I know he's not, he's not, he's the striker, he's not a left winger for me. And, and, and Kells is not a single, you know, a, a lone striker. Uh, what Leonardo Trossard, uh, I did say I'd come back to it, uh, Brad. Brighton star Leonardo Trossard has put Premier League clubs on alert after falling out with Roberto de Zerbia. The Bel- he is Belgian. The Belgian's agent told Ben Jacobs 
that his client was humiliated in front of his teammates and that he's not on speaking terms with the manager. Furthermore, the statement added that it's important for Brighton to cooperate with a potential transfer in this window. And it has put Liverpool and Spurs on alert. So I don't think we'll get a look in, to be honest with you. Unless... unless... How how many more attackers do fucking Liverpool want? They've got 97 of them. (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, yeah. what, no, no, sorry, sorry. What is it with Liverpool, right? I'm going to have a little gripe here. What is it with Liverpool and trying to rip out their arse end of every South Coast club? They, 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 they turned Southampton into Liverpool reserves because they just kept robbing all their players. Now now they're already trying to do it again with Bruni Brighton. Fucking hell, get your own fucking ideas, Liverpool. Jesus Christ. Well, let's in fairness. If you compete with Spurs, you've got the edge. In fairness, it's the sun. I've got the answer. Um, I've got the answer. I have the answer. We appoint Roberto Martinez as manager. Then we get the old Belgium squad in. <laughs> he's taking over Portugal, isn't he? Yeah. Over... Unless we can't even get Stephen oh, Gerrard in because he's gone off to bloody manage Poland, hasn't he? No, no, good for him. Sure. Bet Matt Cash is delighted. God, <laughs> yes. Um... I, I don't... Yeah, I don't think we would get him. It is a good point from Ash. And good evening, Ash. I saw you earlier question. Bless him. He came in and asked a question that we were talking about uh, before he came in, and he has answered another one. But we're going to jump onto this one because I would snap your hand off for this, Ash. I really would. Uh, he's a Man United fan, as we know. Happily give you Maguire and fifty million for Madison. Deal. I would. Mm. I would take that. I would take that at the moment. Mm, I don't lose Madison though. I think he's the best thing we've had for a long, long time. Not See, only no, in his no. ability, but his his personality. I love him. I love the way he talks. I love his passion. Passion we've been missing since he's not played, you know. But are we likely to... I mean, he's, he, you know, at the end of this season, he's got one more year left on his contract. He's seen, what, he's seen what um, Yuri, I want to bugger Leicester City up, Tielemans has, has done and running his contract down, so we might not get anything for him either. Um, it's not just well, Yuri, That's Leicester as well. Leicester have done that. Well, you can't... You can only go to them with an offer. You can't... You horse the water, you can't make him drink. They can't, but they yeah. could have sold him. Could have sold him last year. Nobody but came he, in for him. Oh, we're well, talking about Madison or... No, I'm Te- talking about Tielemans. Nobody came Ar- in for him. Arsenal were in for him. Liverpool no, were they didn't actually make an offer, but I know there was obviously he was linked. <laughs> Arsenal are linked with every one of our players, aren't they? Yeah, true, um, true. Brad, I mean, obviously, no, that, that's a no for, uh, and I, I, pre- I totally agree with you, Dave. You know, I don't want to lose Madison, but unfortunately, at the moment, we are not that top five side challenging for Europe that we were. And so we are probably going to lose players. Do we we know that he wants to go, though? I mean, he's a Coventry boy. He played for Norwich and he came to Leicester. Do we really? He might not not want to go, but if somebody comes in for him. Leicester would sell him. Yeah, I think the way things are at the moment, I think you've got. We, we, sorry, uh, Brad. No, no, it's all right. The way we operate, and this is what Rob Tanner says. We operate by buying these players in cheaply yeah. and selling one player for a large amount of money every year. 
You know, we That's did it with Chilwell, we yeah. did it with Maguire, we did it with Mares. Now, you know, with Maguire, we were able to hold on to and demand a, a, a huge fee because he was a gentleman and said, I'll sign an extension so that you get some money because, you know, you've looked after me. Um, Tielemans is being a bit of a, you know, he does, he's not signing and we're going to lose 40-odd million on him. Um, if somebody comes in for Madison, I, I, would you not think Madison... Whatever we say about Man United, and I, I, some of their fans, Ash is okay. Some of the fans are a bit, you know, uh, up themselves, but they are having a good season. They've got Ten Hag in. I didn't think they'd be doing that well this season, to be honest with you, because I thought they were going to have a rebuild, but he's, he's doing something right there. Uh, yep. Got rid of Ronaldo, who was, you know, the, the fly in the ointment, but it's Man United. I would, I've got to be honest with you, I'm a Leicester lad, and if I was playing for Leicester and they come in and they're doubling me wages and a chance to play for England, which, you know, you could argue never will do well, Southgate's in charge. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I would be tempted. Would you not, Brad? I just, I, I want to ask, is, is it a saint with a sin, just one it's question? Ash, call him yeah, Ash. Can I, can, I, can I ask you as a Manchester United fan with what you've just offered up there? Because if I've read that right, he's offering us Maguire and fifty million for Madison. Yeah, I, I just want to know if he's a sucker or has a special kink for pain. Because to rob a club for eighty million for him, we've not stopped giving him stick ever since. And you're willing to you're you're willingly saying you would give us a further fifty million and Maguire to get Madison. I'd take it. I'd mm. take it right now because yeah. I think he, he'd be happy to give it all. He's not going to want to lose his place in the squad. I think he'd maybe realise that a club like Leicester is is level. He needs to get out of Manchester United and, and, and re-establish himself as top top level defender in terms of he wants to be the leader of that back line. If he's going to have this new centre-back and wild phase alongside him, with Evans being injured, he's going to say, move aside, Evans, and I'm going to be you know, the, the, the anchor that weighs the ship down like we ask Evans to do when he plays and does well. And for me, um, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, especially if we're going to give us £50 million on top. I would say that's essentially £70 million you're giving us for Madison. Mm. If you take him on for Kelvin you know, value, we know what Maguire is capable of in the right mix. I would say that's easily 70 million's worth of money value you're giving us. Yeah. I, I would take that. I don't, I think that the 80 million pound player that we sold to Man United has been, he, he's been, he's been ground down by Manchester United. You know, he's taken all the, 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 the brick bats a bit like Chilwell did. I mean, he wasn't, he was an England left bat first choice, but half the Leicester fans didn't like him. It wasn't just Maguire that was bad for Man United. Their whole back line was absolutely like, you know, it was like a sieve, there was that many holes in it. Um, and Manchester United have taken an 80 million pound uh, defender and turned him into a in, into this. I mean, the rumors are that Newcastle are going in for him, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would take it just at the moment. It's literally just been confirmed. Vout Veghorst 
uh, the Burnley striker who was loaned out to Besticas because he didn't want to play in the Championship has just signed a loan deal uh, for £3 million to go to Manchester United. Who keeps taking the wrong meds at Man U when it comes to a transfer and a striker? Because they got Radamal Falcao one year, who was absolutely donkey useless, and they paid a ton of money to have him on loan. They got that, what was it, Igalo, that was a Watford player they randomly brought in. At one point last year, they were ending up looking for an out of it. And now they've gone and signed Wild Bakehorse, who bailed on Burnley before they were even down and out. Went, see you later, mate, I'm off. I yeah. ain't bothering for you. And it brought, who, who forgets or mixes up the meds every so often when it comes to transfer windows? What you say is that he's doing all right at the moment, Eric Den Haag. Uh, Ash comes back with, would Maguire want to go backwards? You suggested it, mate. I mean, there's a yeah, lot to be said. Find he's been to United. I think United was his was his boyhood club. Uh, he's captain them. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on him for uh, 80 million and being made captain straight away. And there's a lot to be said, is there not, Dave, for being a big fish in a small pond rather yeah. than a big fish in, in the ocean? Yeah, shed loads. And Maguire didn't have a good season the year we sold him. His first mm, season no, was brilliant. No. The second season was pretty I mean, poor. I mean, to be fair, I would ask the question back to him, and that would be, if you're saying, would he want to take the step back, where's the club that's going to offer him the chance to take the step forward? Is he going to sign for Real Madrid? Is he going to sign for Juventus? Is he going to sign for Chelsea? Is he going to sign for Arsenal? Is he going to sign for Man City? Is he going to sign for AC Milan, Inter Milan? All of them, I would say, are answering no, because they either don't need him or they're too good for him as a club, with the greatest respect to Maguire. Especially some of them, I know, I prefer him to be a bit more dramatic and, and obvious with my point, but that's eight clubs that you probably use in a conversation around Manchester United and say, well, they're not going to want him. Mm. So it's it's not it's less him dropping it down the thing. It's more him going, I'd lived out my dream. I'd give it all I could. I'm not wanted by this club anymore or I'm, not, I'm out of favour. I mean, how old is he as well now? 29? 30? Yeah, it must be, yeah. Do I want to make sure I'm playing every week for the next three years at least? Maybe I should go to a Newcastle whilst they're in this process. Maybe I could go back to Leicester because I left on good terms. The doors might still be open. You don't know how he's thinking as well. I don't think it'd be a step back if he's not good enough to take that step up, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like you say, yeah, you can have all the money in the world. Uh, he wants to be playing. Uh, as Ash said there, you know, he's back in form, but Ten Hag just hasn't. Um, decide, you know, it's not in his plans, which is fair enough. You know, as the new manager that's come in, he picks the team. Um, I just think, like I say, he was just under sort of a lot of pressure. Villa, by the way, have beaten Leeds 2 1. Uh, it's a bit of a double edged sword that because it means Leeds don't go above us because they're still on 17 points, the same as ourselves. But the gap to Aston Villa is now eight points. So if we lose to all right, Palace are between us, but if we lose to Forest, um, Dave, we are in big doo-doos, I think. It's bizarre, isn't it? Four games, is it, since the internationals? And we're back where we started before we had yeah. a good run. Crazy, mm. And we're going back to the first five or six games of the season. Um, where 
It was appalling. Is it we, we haven't beaten the top 12 team since for 12 months or something like that? Because no, you know why, Chris? Because he plays defensive and is scared of the top teams, where in the days we were good, we went for them. We don't go for them anymore. We defend for 80 minutes and then take a chance. Uh, and I, I, people disagreed with me on the Man City game. Man City were there to be had. I remember chatting in the concourse before and the guys saying that, um, you know, they've got a week inside out there. We can have them today. And we didn't even go for it. And that, you know, that upsets me big time. Yeah. Um, Chris Sutton has gone for 2 1 to Forest. Good um, on Chris. He's a favourite of mine. They've got injury problems as well, but they've got sort of, let's be honest with you, more players in their squad than there was Zulus at um, uh, what was that fight called? Um, Oh, what was that film, Zulu? What was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Called Zulu. Rourke's Drift. (laughs) Yeah, they've got more players than the Zulus had at Rourke's Drift. Um, Italian. Writer says Gonzalez would be a good addition to Leicester. Uh, I think he would as well. Uh, Fryer says here, this is Matty Fryer, ex-Leicester uh, player, of course, Brad. I don't think Rogers trusts the squad. No, he's right. We don't um, trust Rogers. <laughs> possibly. There's a good chance, you know. There's no reason why that can't be right. I mean, there's, there's obviously something going on there. It's just hmm. which... Which is going to get figured out first? Which which problem's going to get dealt with first? Or you know, is this, is there a way to fix it? Well, only time will tell us. Matthew yeah. Fright's used to managers that don't trust people because I remember him being dropped in our relegation year, and I think we've had this discussion before when um, he was our best goal scorer and he couldn't get a game. So we got relegated. I'm sure he was playing on the right wing or something as well, wasn't he? Right. Do you remember? Does anyone remember Paolo Souza? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He was the manager that started to drop Matty Fryer. And I still remember to this day his Paolo Souza's last game in charge of Leicester because um, it was against Norwich. I remember the score. I can't remember exactly how the scoring went, but I think we were something like four-one down or something, or, or maybe even four-nil. He put Fryer on because he hadn't been playing him. He'd been benching him and not starting him and not playing him at all. And he came on to score a hat trick. And then he was so passionate, he obviously kicked a player and got sent off after scoring a hat trick. Yeah, and then yeah. after that, sounds of the sat. Yeah. yeah, Ash says that after Chris's comments about Vardy, he will score too. Let's hey, if he does, I'll come on here and have a have a moan about him every every week. Uh, he thinks Leicester will win three two in a classic derby. Uh, Rogers says it's a perfect game for us tomorrow. Absolutely. I'm not too sure about that. Matty Fryer, friend of the channel, he, he's done a show with us. I mean, what a great, you know, he's done some videos for me. He's so softly spoken, and of course. We wish him all the best because he did have that horrible injury uh, yeah. to his head. So born in born in my hometown, Nuneaton. Does he? Wow. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's over in Canada now because he was 
some for some reason he was Canadian, whether it was sort of family or whatever. But he's uh, running yeah, a football born, yeah. school in Canada now, so we we do wish him all the best. Great. Um, we'll slowly bring it to an end now, but we've got this um, this coming up tomorrow. Coming up next on Leicester Till I Die TV. Tomorrow at 2.30, we are going to have the Watch Along Show um, against Nottingham Forest. And we've covered the last two games. So I've covered a 4-1 loss and a 4-1 win. Uh, fingers crossed that it will be, um, be, be okay. And at 7 tomorrow, we've got Brad back doing the post-match. Um, if you can stay on at the end, Brad, I just want to have a chat with you about that. Um, that's the post-match show. Um, we've got Can't some wait for that. here. Um, Brad has gone 4 2 to Leicester. <laughs> I've gone 1 1. Craig's gone 2 1. Jerry Taggart 1 1. Ian Marshall 1 1. Steve Linux 1 1. Steve Walsh 1 1. And guess I've got Ian Wilson's um prediction in now. Guess what he's gone for, guys? 1 1. 1 no, 1. He's gone for a lot of ruin it, didn't he? I reeled you in there, didn't I? I reeled you in. Dave, what do you think it will be? Oh, I think we'll win 3-0, but mm. I fear we'll lose. Yeah, quite, quite. quite. I, I got the home game right, 4-0, do you remember? No. Was it 4-1? No, you don't. It was 4-0. It was 4-0, yeah. It wasn't 4-1. I didn't want to say how you said it. So, God, Dave, you crossed him up there wrong there. Well, I predicted <laughs> it right. That's what I knew. In fact, I'm just checking here. It was 4-0. All right, then. Who scored the four goals? Well, Barnes. Barnes. Madison got two, didn't he? Madison got a free kick, didn't he? He scored oh, one of them. Did he score two? two? Yeah. And Daka. And Daka. Yes. The two players that Dave said he doesn't like, you know, up front, yeah. Barnes and Daka. Yeah, because no. Ball's played just behind him. He looked like a musical statue, didn't he, when he got his leg wrapped around. Yeah, I remember it now, yeah. Do you remember when Dean Henderson, like, the, Norwich, the, the, the Forest goalkeeper once said he wanted to oust, oust yeah. the hair as number one, and that's oh, why he went home. Shit. I didn't say I didn't like Daka. I said he don't get a chance. No, I am, I am, I am changing minutes. what you said for comic relief, yeah. as, um, or for comic whatever they say. That's, that's getting, it. that's getting the clip, Dave. You just don't, you just don't know it yet. Yeah, scary, isn't it? Eh? Okay, question for you then, because I know you know, and I have got the answer to this, by the way, Brad. Just to show you how it's done. How many managers have managed both Leicester and Nottingham Forest? Uh, Martin O'Neill. How many are you yeah. going to oh, name? You have that. I'll name five. Well, I'll name six. Well, I'll Matt name Gillis. Matt Gillis. Mm. Gary Mason. That's interesting. Yeah. That's three. David Bass. Did Dave Bassett also manage both? Yes. I would. Yeah. Say, I would say about eleven. Oh. Ooh. I'm going to go with eleven. Uh, can't think of any more modern ones. Well, I've got to be honest with you, Brad. You were not a million miles off. It's nine. Wow. Ooh. 
Um, Matt Gillis, as you said there, um, Dave, quite rightly. David Pleat. Well, he actually played for Forest, then he managed Leicester. Um, Martin O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, Dave Bassett, somebody said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mickey That's Adams. Oh, oh Mickey Adams in Forest as well. Yeah. Steve Beganhole. Oh, that's a harsh one. That's a oh, harsh yeah. one. Gary um, Megson. Yeah, Lou Megas. Um, somebody who played for Leicester then went on to manage Forest was Billy Davis. Mm, yeah, oh, he's a terrible person. And Rob Kelly. Oh, oh yeah, Rob yeah. Kelly was uh, was an interesting era, wasn't it? Mm. And yeah. uh, players who have played for both teams, um, Gary Parker. Phil Gilchrist, uh, Matty yeah. Frank, um, Jack Hobbs, Neil Lennon, Peter Shilton, Anthony Knockyart. Yeah. And there's a guy Jim called Wes Morgan. Wes Morgan. Les Morgan, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Wes Morgan. Um, ben Stan Collimore. Stan Collimore. Stanley. Well, I'll come to him in a second. Johan Beneluan. Oh, and Andy Impey. And the reason I was Andy doing Impey. all this, which is very probably got to be the longest build-up to a comment I've ever I've ever made. Which, a joke, is it? You mentioned the Collymore there. Um, he, funny enough, followed me on Twitter about 10 minutes before we came live on the show. And I sent him a cheeky, I followed him back, sent him a cheeky message and said, um, would you want to come on? And he said he'd love to. So we'll see what comes of that. I, I think the most one of the best games I saw. I took my young daughter at the time to uh, the Sunderland game. Yes, yes. yes. his debut with Heskey. Yeah. That was, and, and I just knew after that Heskey was going. I just knew. I don't know why I knew it, but it was it was such a perfect game. Oh, yeah. it was absolutely I would, I would, brilliant. I would I would love to read somebody do it like a a what if moment and yeah. I'd love to know at just a different timeline if we enter fantasy land here a little bit I'd love to have seen a timeline made Colin Moore and Heskey play together yeah. for free yeah. even if it's just a season see what they could have done yeah. we, we were robbed of that partnership under yeah. O'Neill we were because it was an awesome night there's a book about it somebody's written a book haven't they have um, they yeah is it Joe Charles yeah. you're not thinking of Harry's book are you I, I don't know. I, I, have a look no. behind you. I'm sure that, you know you might be yeah, in those books behind you. Don't oh, pretend you've read all those books, Dave. Um, <laughs> you must be there somewhere. How no, many? Got... A question, actually, about all those books. How many have you still got to finish colouring in? Oh, about hundred. <laughs> it's a what if Leicester book. It's a what if Leicester book. If Lydia could yeah. play the Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Like no, it's right. Yeah. I wonder, if, I wonder if there's a chapter in there about, about, about that for a what-if, because that would be a very interesting... And then, yeah. of course, we got old Taterhead come in, because Martin meant to Celtic, and <laughs> he dropped San Colin more like a 10-ton brick. But then that again, was, look, we know what his decisions were like. That was unbelievable. I, I remember watching Collymore, and I remember thinking, he's asking for the ball. No, you can't take the ball there. You've got three defenders around you. You can't take it. And he did. Hey, and he did. Top bins. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, brilliant. I mean, I know. Cloughy liked him. Naughty boy. Uh, 
you know, off, right, off yeah. field. He, he's, he's they're footballers. His... They're, they're stupid. But yeah, but brilliant. I mean, right. I've actually got a picture, a signed picture by him of holding the match ball from that particular game. Oh wow. Yeah, um, which I got. Um, I didn't, I that didn't was there for the game as well. Sorry, was that a game that we was all there from as well? Then did we yeah. all attend that game without knowing? No, I didn't go. I, I got that just like, could you imagine if that's the game, that's the game we all just ended up going? Yeah. So I was only didn't go on my own because I was only we young. Just back, won, we just won the league cup. Yeah, what year was it? Do you remember? Yes, and he was suspended, he, he couldn't play in yeah. it because of um. Because he'd already played in the competition. And he played yeah. at Watford. Because I went to the Watford game and Martin O'Neill dropped all the major players for that game. Uh, and Colin Moore played in it. And I thought, oh, I wish he could play in the final. But, you yeah, know, he obviously couldn't because he was cup-tied or something like that. Yeah, it was. He'd already played previously in the competition. Yeah. I've got to be honest with you. I think, I think you could file Stan Colin Moore under the one that got away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, you know, definitely. It, 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 he set off a fire extinguisher. So what? <laughs> yeah, he did. Who, who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, come on, Dave. Tell us, tell us your fire extinguisher story. Well, it's only the Dorchester. <laughs> oh, that's all right then. It's allowed yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah. You know. it was yeah. a long time, long time ago. This, the, oh, you're banned from Facebook. Letting up fire extinguishers in the Dorchester. He, you look at him, guys, and you're thinking like, look at that nice old granddad look there that he's got. There we go. Look what a who butter wouldn't melt in his mouth, you know. <laughs> and here we go. There was another side to him. Yeah, it's um, all gone again. We will have to try and decide if there is a game that we've all we've all been to. Um, oh, there must be. But, yeah, I think he. Be. I think he definitely was one that got away. Um, but then again, Peter Taylor. Let's be honest with you. He ruined the, the club. We know that. But... I remember. I remember Walsh saying he systematically dismantled that club. Mm. Uh, I think he was trying to be manager at the time, but you know he was right. Peter Taylor was a disgrace. Yes, yeah. He's definitely, I think, well, he's up there with Frank McClintock for me. We've well, had that show, haven't well, we? Well, yeah, we have. We, ha we have. And uh, Lammy, Lammy Robertson. You know, do you know what? Do you know what? I thought, you know, Peter Taylor never could win anything as, as Leicester manager. And he was flipping hopeless and ruined the club. And the one thing I thought, fuck, fuck you know, Peter Taylor's actually going to win something in a Leicester name. And I, I still lost that argument. He was that bad at management. I couldn't win the case for him. He did actually, but he did actually take us top, if you remember. Yeah. But yeah, that was... for that whole week, that whole three weeks, because we're in the international break. Wasn't it after a 0 0 draw with Sunderland as well? Yeah. We were top. <laughs> it was because of an international yeah. break. We were up there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Man United Reserves did us 3 0. At Filbert Street or whatever Walkers or whatever it was, three nil to Man United reserves. They had five players on the bench that cost more than our club. Uh, Skulls, Beckham, that oh, lot. I mean, yes. they didn't, they didn't even play. Yeah, I mean, I do, you, do, do you? Do you? I'm going to say, I've got what I was going to say now. Um, I do. Obviously, wasn't very interesting <laughs> because I forgot. I'm trying to multitask. I can't multitask, guys. Um, I mean, 
you remember, I mean, you remember Frank McClintock, don't you, Dave? I mean, who would first, you think? My were? year, I got married. It was the year I got married, and we moved down to the to Surrey, and I had all these Chelsea mates, and we were just shit, weren't we? Absolute rubbish, and we had. Our top scorer, I think, it was Roger Davis with five goals or something like that. Oh, God, yes. He's a legend with Derby. He came here, he couldn't even kick him. I mean, it's horrendous. George Armstrong came here. Uh, players from the old Arsenal double-winning side who couldn't run. It was horrible. I think we finished bottom with less points than almost anybody ever. Mm. And I always say with that one, of course, that, that is my be careful what you wish for moment. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wanted um, uh, what's he called out of the out of the out of the club. Yeah, I mean, you, you you look at some of these comments that get made on your side, Chris, and you we get slagged off for being for looking back and thinking we should be grateful for what we got now. But God's sake, for the last five, or six, seven, eight years, I am grateful for what we've got. Mm, I would have going. taken I would have taken the FA Cup in my lifetime. The fact we won the bloody Premier League, I mean, come and in Europe almost on a regular basis. Yeah. Goodness me. And now we're moaning because we're not going down. Or, well, we, we hope we're moaning because we're not going down. Oh, you know, you yeah. can't please anybody, can you, these days? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're moaning because we're, we're, you know, we're not in the top three or four. Um, and it's very difficult for us to relate to the newer supporters. And, Everybody has to be a new supporter at some stage. Yeah. I mean, with me, it was like 1963 or something, but we all have to do it. Yeah. Um, and I understand where they're coming from because less has been nothing but success. Mm. And now we're paying the price. But, but look back, now would be fine. We wouldn't even worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Can I just say, if anybody wonders if there's a bit of a Funny smell in the place. Uh, oh, sorry. Door's in. Good evening, door. How are you, sir? <laughs> Come along. <laughs> Always pleased to see a Forest fan. Always yeah. pleased to see a Forest fan. Just remember, don't bother going to Wembley. John Moss has retired. Uh, I'm going to have to show you this because, I mean, we were in a, you can't talk about Peter Taylor without talking about... Oh, my God. Uh, how did that happen? What was he? How was he born? How was he bought? <laughs> bought. Well, he 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 followed Peter Taylor to about seven or eight clubs, didn't he? Yeah. Brad's one of Brad's all-time favourite players, of course. We had some bad ones, didn't we? We had some bad ones. I don't think there was anybody as bad as him. I mean, even Colton. He made Colton Palmer look good. That's how bad he was. Well, a, a mate of mine who was a professional footballer, sorry to drop things like that, but he said to me, name if, him, name if, him, if, name if Carlton Palmer can play for England, why can't I? Yeah. <laughs> it was that bad. Um, I mean, they were terrible. Um, and I would argue with that. There were two worst players. Akinboye was as bad. Mm, yeah. He took his shirt off and beat his chest when he scored from three yards <laughs> after about 20 games. He accused Leicester fans of being racist. Uh, he, he, he was Peter no, Taylor's no. choice, wasn't he? I think Peter Taylor, not Peter Taylor, Graham Taylor no, was Graham manager Taylor. at the time. We uh, we actually, no, we, um, Wolves were holding out for five and a half million, was it? And five and a half million, yeah. Five and a half million. And, and we thought we got something special. And their chairman was laughing his head off. 
when he sold him. Was that Aidy Akinbaye? Yeah, Leicester just paid five and a half million for Akinbaye. I can't believe it. The only thing that was actually good during Akinbaye's time, and this is maybe where I wouldn't put in the defence because he quickly wiped that away with the second season, but in the first season he had with Leicester, he was our top goal scorer that season with 11 goals in all competition yeah. and nine goals. What you have to remember about Akinbae, despite if before the infamous Sunderland game where he did take the shirt off and, and do that after missing 975 chances in that one game at home to Liverpool, we could have won that game 7-0 if he could shoot yeah. that game and not lost it 4-0 or 3-0 like we did. But you have to remember, if you look back at our seasons before him, Heskey, Claridge, Cotty, Marshall, Fenton, in and around, we had three out of them always playing up front and played a different style. He became what we'd probably say was the, the original Slomani. He, he got service, and when he had the confidence and the stuffing knocked out of him, I mean, he couldn't have finished if the team turned up 40 minutes late off the box. It, it no, was yeah. the yeah. But there was actually a, a half-decent striker in, I think, just, I think uh, for me, and I think Burnley summed it up when they bought him, is he scored for for joy just in the championship. And as soon as Burnley came up, season later, they sold him. Oh, he <laughs> actually looked at his stats, so he actually wasn't that prolific a goal scorer. Any time. I think he only hit double figures twice. And it's funny you should mention this, because I'll give you some ammo to use when Dan's on your show. I asked him a question about Burnley. I asked him what former Fox wore a number 10 and played for Burnley, and he didn't know it was Akin Bailly, so you can remind him of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about Andy Lockhead? Oh, he's number nine, Andy Lockhead, wasn't he? Yeah, I met Andy Lockhead once. I did not realise two doors up from where I lived was uh, his granddaughter. And uh, he, she went, said, "Oh, because she knew I was a football fan." And obviously, you know, he was. This was Burnley, of course, where where they all lived when I lived in Burnley. And she went and got him. And I don't think my wife saw me for like five hours. We just sat and talked football. (laughs) He just went on and on. But I want to leave with this one. We're going to leave on a high and leave on something good. And Ash asked this one to just to end with uh, one final question. How did you celebrate Leicester's Premier League win? Dave, you go first. How did I you cried. celebrate it? I cried. Knowing you, it was something illegal. No, I mean, I cried. On Facebook and a, and, a, and a fire extinguisher. I cried. It was my birthday. Wow. Chelsea had just uh, equalised. I was sitting on my own because my wife had gone out to orchestra or band or something. And I had a bottle of wine, and I just sat there and cried. I just could not believe it. I really right. couldn't. Uh, mine, was, mine was very low-key compared to everybody else. I was almost envious seeing the celebrations go out through the day, but I was sat around my mate's house, and we was kind of watching it. And I'm a nervous watcher when it comes to games. I'm always pacing and trying to do it. And... Um, when the game went on and Chelsea were to all, he went, if you're going to be loud, you need to go outside because they've got young kids as well. So, obviously, and I just remember the full-time whistle went. I heard the roar from the Chelsea crowd, uh, who were obviously very biased on that day towards wanting to see them stop Tottenham and, and, and give Leicester the, you know, the final nail in the coffin. And I just remember just sinking to my knees and just letting it sink in. It was such a surreal moment. 
Yeah, I just, I would love to say I was in the pub with the crowd. Yeah, I would as well. I wasn't. I was watching the, the the game on TV, and that that season, if you ran a Leicester channel, you were like gold dust. Everybody wanted you in such high demand. And I think I've said before, you know, I'd be ringing, you know, Lee Jobber, the drummer. Uh, I'd be ringing him up saying, like, for God's sake, can you do Japanese radio on Thursday? And he'd be saying, well, yes, if you can do music <laughs> on, on Tuesday for me. It was absolute. And I remember the lady from um, uh, uh, Australia, one of the Australian channels, rang me up and said, uh, if you win it tonight, do you think there'll be celebrations? I went, nah, it'll be too late. If we win it tonight, it'll all happen in the morning. Never heard from her again. Uh, but I do remember, I do remember, because I'd literally been on Talk Sport uh, in what was the uh, sports bar, uh, sort of like once a month throughout the season, because uh, obviously Leicester were doing quite well. And it's the one and only time, and I think I got away with it, when I've been pissed on live radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still the next morning when I went into work. <laughs> and, uh, Thankfully, um, our our MD was Italian, and of course, I I played the old Ranieri card, and I got away with it. So, <laughs> Good times. Good times. Thank you so much. If we if we don't stop now, we'll still be going on at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I know I know you know Dave's on a promise, so we need to do it. Dave, thank no, you so much. No, all- too late. Too late. <laughs> Thank you so much as always Thanks, for Chris. Um, Happy New Year, Brad. Nice to see you again, mate. Thank you, mate. Thank I don't know if you want to give a shout out to um to your radio station or where people can follow you. Yeah, well I don't do the breakfast show anymore, so it's surreyhillsradio.co.uk. You can listen anytime. We have a a new presenter coming in a couple of months' time for, to do the breakfast show. Watch this space. It will be exciting. Oh, I, I feel like I feel like uh, Sarah Cox following on from Terry Wogan. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of say you are looking better for those late mornings. You say them old. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, all the best, mate. Thanks yeah, so much. And we'll see you next week. Take yeah, care, buddy. Guys. See yeah, you, everybody. Bye, bye. Brad, where can people find you? When you're not on this channel, not and not having answers for questions, Oops. Uh, they can find you can find me like like Chris said, you find me here most time. But you can find me over on my own YouTube channel. It's uh, Top Ten Battles. Uh, two hosts, co-hosts Dan and and uh, Anthony. I give them a, a genre. I give them a topic. They give me a list, and they argue which one of their lists is better and what why they think uh, it's all about. We do all sorts of topics, football, movies, and everything. And also running the quiz, a football quiz on there as well. So if you want to check that out, it's top ten battles on YouTube. But if you want an easier life and you're on Twitter Universe, follow me at Full Time Focus. Send me a follow and uh, click the link in the in the description there, and uh, that'll take you straight to it. So it's at Full Time Focus. There's no hyphen. It's all one word. And yeah, that's the best place to find me, mate. Uh, told you, bro. Says door. Hope you stay up because these derbies are what it's all about. Love having a proper derby. And whether they think, whether they say, well, you know, it's Leicester and it's really Derby and Coventry. Bollocks. I don't care because Derby and Coventry ain't in the Premier League. We are, exactly. and we're the nearest thing you're yeah, going to exactly. get to a derby. But can I just say um, that 
I think Door has gone with the only ever just pops in. Luke is still in. We've not had it for a while. We had it on the show yesterday. And I just think that it's about time. Do you remember the uh, the Daily Arsenal? Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of had an update. Here we go. The Daily Trophy. How long since Nottingham Forest last won a trophy? 32 oh. years, 259 days, 5 hours, 54 minutes, and 12 seconds, 13 seconds, 14 seconds. So, don't go on about, don't go on about living in the past, uh, Luke, because our past is more recent than your past. In fact, last time you won anything, Madonna was number one. That's how far back we have to go. Good. <laughs> Good. That is saying something. It is. It is. Hey, you've got to love a bit of banter. It's what it's all about, football. Uh, if you missed the banter yesterday on the preview show, two Forest fans, two Leicester fans, we're having a right go at each other. Uh, play my songs, Dave. Yeah, you could be saying that to me in a couple of months, mate. We will see. We will see. Um Thanks very much, and I will see you tomorrow night for the um, post-match. Yes, yes. I say I'm looking forward. I say tomorrow yeah. night. You know, if we get stuffed, it might be sort of you know December when we come back on air. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe if we lose, we'll, we'll talk about it when they're back in the championship. Yes, indeed. Stay in the uh, stay in the chat, mate. Have a quick one afterwards. Thanks very much. Yeah, Take no Cheers. The links to both Dave and Brad, by the way, are in the description below on YouTube because they are regular. Saint, well, do you know what? Seeing as you asked. You want to know when Tottenham Hotspur last won a trophy? Well, I can tell you, 14 years, 319 days, five hours, 25 minutes and 55 seconds. Do you want me to check Man United for you while you're here? <laughs> Don't think you would. Look, catch me tomorrow, half two for the watch along. It's going to be... Um... You might not see me because I might be behind the sofa. <laughs> it's half two tomorrow. This channel, catch me here. Thanks very much to everybody that's been in the chat. If you're new, please do subscribe, as it says above me there. Uh, like as well. If you are subscribed, like the, like the uh, video. It does help with the algorithms. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. going to try and get a good night's sleep tonight. I'm nervous. I ain't going to lie. Good night. Coming up next on Leicester Till I Die TV. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. Lester Till I Die TV. They think it's all over. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.